This podcast is brought to you by David Benjamin and David Komlos, the authors of a new book entitled Cracking Complexity, the breakthrough formula for solving just about anything fast. Please listen to podcast number 719, where David Benjamin and Greg speak about the 10-step formula he and his partner created and have been applying with top organizations on their biggest, most complex challenges for nearly two decades. Business and the world around it are moving at lightning speed, and cracking complexity is a valuable and important skill that all organizational leaders need. The formula itself is a breakthrough in problem solving that's sure to help you and your business quickly deal with just about anything complex. So listen to podcast number 719, where David and Greg discuss the formula, its benefits, and what it could mean to you. If you want more information on the book, please visit www.crackingcomplexity.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Jennifer, I say all the time I come on these podcast show and you do a podcast show with Jeffrey. So my listeners will know about that by the time we're done. Um, that, you know, I thank them. Uh, many of them have hung in there for years and years and years. Uh, we see our numbers continue to grow. We appreciate each and every one of you your comments, uh, your thoughts about guests for the show. Thank you so much for that. And joining me uh, from, you know, you're not in New York today, even though your book is Sales in a New York Minute. Where are you joining me from, Jennifer? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina now. Okay, so she is in Charlotte, and this is Jennifer Glackow. And Jennifer has a new book out called Sales in a New York Minute, 212 pages of real world and easy to implement strategies to make more sales, build loyal relationships and make more money. Um, and this is really a great book for anybody who's in the sales business and wants to improve their sales and also become more proficient. And Jen, I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, you got your smarts in New York city uh, your rare combination when you positioned herself at the next big thing in sales. Um, she traveled the world, educated in the Midwest at the Olin School of Business at Washington University in St. Louis, my old hometown, and has spoken to audiences from coast to coast. Um, she quickly rose through the ranks, leading Fortune 500 companies as superstar sales representative, national sales manager, and executive director of sales. And at 29, became the chief operating officer of a test preparation and admissions counseling company. Um, and then in 2013, she founded True Calling, which was training, uh, coaching teams and business owners on in, how to increase their sales and make more profit. I will tell you, Jen's got a ton of chutzpah uh, <laughs> for all of those out there, because that's what it takes to be a really good salesperson. Uh, is your willingness to overcome your fears and call reluctance and all of those good things. Um, but Jen, if you would, that was a very brief overview of you. And for my listeners, you can get to Jen's website. It's salesinanyminute.com, sale, S-A-L-E, in anyminute.com. Uh, that is how you can get to her website to learn more about it. There is also a tremendous amount of resources there and freebies that you can download. 
So Jen, what is your passion around sales? What you grew out of doing this other thing, being in admissions, had a career there, decided that sales was it. What is the one thing that drives you every morning when you wake up and you want to get out there and talk to people? I love helping people. I know that sounds corny in a sense, um, but it's true. I really love helping people. And for six and a half years, I sold educational software and saw the impact that I was helping teachers have on their students who could now read because of our software. Um, so, you know, I've always only sold things that I believe in 100% and believe that they can help others. And so that's really led to my a lot of my success. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, I love the thrill of winning a sale. Like who doesn't love when they win, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's certainly not only just winning the sale, it's the kind of the things that you do in preparation for a sale as well. And I think the people that are more prepared actually get those. And you know, your book, Sales in a New York Minute, has a metaphor for the book, which is 212. Um, and I'm sure that many of the listeners are going to connect that with the boiling point or whatever. What is the significance, though, for you when things have to heat up? Obviously, that's part of it, but there's more to it than that. Uh, tell our listeners, if you would. About 212? Yep. Yeah, so to me, it's a triple winning combination. You said it. It's the boiling point of water, and, you know, you you have water in a pot, but until it boils, it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to cook your eggs. And so you need it to be at the right, exact right heat, at the exact right temperature. And to me, when you apply these minutes that I've given in my book, the 212 strategies, um, they're going to help your sales heat up faster. But it's, it's not just the boiling point of water. It's also the New York City area code. So you yeah. know, it's, the, it's the like real deal New York City area code before they started to run out of two and two numbers. It's and also so the book, number of pages in your book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's very yeah. significant. It's, a, it's an area code. It's the boiling point of water. And it's the number of pages in this book. Uh, yep. And that's a and that is a bonus. Um, and the way that this book is laid out, and I and I let my listeners know is that you know it's very easy to read. You can read this on a plane going almost anywhere. Uh, come off with gems that will really help you. And you know you provide the reader with what you refer to as this implementer notebook, which accompanies the book. You know. How is this used in conjunction with the book in your estimation? If people are going to get the book, then you have this implementer workbook or notebook. Um, I actually downloaded it. It is tremendous. Um, speak with us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I wanted to be your mentor by your side, and I wanted you to be able, as the reader, to be able to take action with each of the strategies I give. Because I hate when I read a book, or when I see my clients reading books and they're like, yeah, that was the greatest book ever, but they don't take any action. And so it's all about you then taking the strategy and putting it to work. And so my implementer, which is like an implementation mentor, so to speak, um, will guide you, will tell you the exact steps you need to take with the strategies so that you can be more successful. Yeah, and I forget how many pages it is, but when you download it, it's significant. 
Um, and it's really an extra bonus as you go through this book and you work with Jen's implementer. So definitely get the book and get the implementer. Now, one of the things you do right off the bat, you speak about a salesperson's attitude. Um, what do you want to inform the listeners about regarding maintaining a great attitude and a positive state of mind? Because, you know, it's pretty easy in this world with the complexity that salespeople deal with today, with the speed at which our society is moving, with the incessant amount of social media and the ways that prospects can now shop for goods and or services, it becomes challenging. Um, what would you tell any salesperson who's listening this morning about maintaining a positive attitude and helping to win more business and better clients? So you already know you need a positive attitude. That's not like blame, like that's not rocket science. It's not, you know, uh, but the, the question is really, do you have a great attitude? You know, you need one. You know you need to transfer your attitude when you're with a customer, but how often are you doing it and are you doing it consistently? And so, you know, do you really have a good attitude, especially in the moment where when time is tough? Because it's easy to have a good attitude when you're at your kid's fifth birthday party. It's easy to have a good attitude when you're celebrating something or excited about something or you've just won a sale. But the minute that something goes wrong, or the minute you face a challenge or some sort of obstacle, that's when you need your attitude to be in overdrive. And that's when you really need it to kick in and help you. Because maintaining a positive attitude is going to allow you to think creatively. It's going to allow you to come up with solutions. It's going to allow you to lead people in their thinking and whatever you're trying to get them to do. And you're only able to do that with a positive attitude. So what are your attitude antioxidants? Uh, you mentioned them in the book. <laughs> so attitude antioxidants are all about ways to keep your attitude strong, ways to build your attitude immunity, so to speak, um, right now so that when you are facing some sort of issue, you have the attitude uh, fortitude right there. So for example, I recommend to everyone that you need a morning routine because your morning routine is going to set the tone for your day. And so my morning routine comes from the Miracle Morning book by Hal Elrod, and I've adapted it to make it uh, more of mine. But it's all about waking up, reading something positive, watching something positive, affirmations, looking at my vision board. Yes, I have a vision board. I'm very woo, and I own it. I love it. Um, writing stuff, reading stuff, working out because I need to sweat a little bit. And just in general, just taking care of myself in the morning. And I believe you need to do the same thing because that's going to set the foundation for your entire day. And then you need to um, clear your mind. So, like, I'm sure you wake up and you have a million things swarming through your head. Most people wake up, they immediately check social media. And my recommendation is, Hold off on that phone. Focus on you first. Take care of you. Like when we got on the phone, I asked how you were doing. You were like, oh, I went for a great walk this morning. Amazing. You got out. You had fresh air. You took care of yourself. You did what you needed to do for you. And that's what your listeners 
need to do for themselves as well. And so it begins with morning routine. But some of my other antioxidants, attitude antioxidants, are all about um, dressing correctly. So so when you look good, you feel good. Uh-huh. And um, also, you know, just approaching everything you do with a positive mindset. I like to say shower happy, brush your teeth happy, tea happy, and be happy. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. It's always good to pee happy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have it hanging up in the bathroom and it makes people laugh. <laughs> yeah, that is a good, that, and that's the other thing. I think laugh at yourself, laugh at the world, you know, don't take things so seriously. Um, and, and that would be a good antioxidant one as well. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, and you mentioned that negativity blocks creativity. You just said that. So, okay. I heard what you said. So what advice do you have for listeners, uh, about getting rid of the negative self-talk? Look, I'm a regular meditator. Even I get the monkey mind comes in and it says, you got to do this. You got to do that. You're not enough. You know, that is just part of being human. That is part of being in this human body. Um, the key is learning how to gradually and slowly turn that off and know that you're enough. Uh, so what would you tell our listeners about getting back in touch with their creativity and, and it, trying to eliminate as much of that negativity as possible? Yeah. So uh, let me just first give you this example, which is like, have you ever been in an argument with someone and you're arguing your face off, and then you walk away, and two minutes later, after you calm down, you're like, oh, I should have said that, or I should have said that, and you realize all of these things you should have or could have said that could have fixed the situation, well, you didn't think of them in the moment because you were so negative, and that blocked all of your thinking ability and all of your creativity, and so my mentality is to meditate and to stay in that 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 calm mind like if something goes wrong at work or with a client or or with one of our employees I go to my special place I have like a little meditation couch and I turn on headspace I love it's an app um I pay a monthly fee I actually I, I buy it for all of our employees they opt into it if they want it and I think the world of it now some people hate Andy. He's the guy that does the meditation. They don't like his voice. I love him. Jeffrey, my husband, hates him. Like, not, not doesn't hate him, but he, like, doesn't like his meditations. So, you know, you have to find something that's going to work for you. There's other apps out there. There's Calm. There's Shine. There's, I don't know. There, I feel like there's a new meditation app every single day lately. But just find something that's going to get you back into your zone. It may be going down to your car, maybe going out for a walk, it may be turning on music, putting in your AirPods, whatever it may be, you need to know what your thing is that's going to be able to calm you down so that you can release that negative energy because you have to be in high vibe all the time. It's Those are great uh, activities. Um, I always say, you know, that app that you're talking about, which I'm very familiar, I have it on the phone as well. You know, <laughs> I look at an app which can be, which can create awareness, which then can create action, right? So I call it the three A's. You have an app on your phone. If you like it, use it, but it creates awareness. It's, it's just really all about awareness. Once you've created the awareness, you now can create whatever action it is you want. 
Um, yes, I love that. Now, Jen, you state that the intention is not about a single activity or building a single relationship. You say it's about making a five-year plan. Now, we know that most people plan their vacation more than they do their future, right? That's a that's <laughs> an old saying. So they'll spend more time planning a vacation than they will planning their financial future or their estate plan or whatever it is. How do you recommend to our listeners who are salespeople? I'm dealing with it right now. I have a son who's in real estate. He's coming back to me. He's made tons of money. He's saying, dad, I need a loan, right? Uh, I'm This month has been tough. The last few months have been tough. But how do you recommend listeners creating more longer term intentions that they can live with? First, you need to start with with the outcome. So what are you hoping to achieve? What are you hoping to get by your actions, your efforts, whatever you're putting you're you're putting input into, energy into. So what are your specific goals? And do you even know what they are? And so, you know, yes, of course you want that vacation. I don't leave a vacation without booking my next vacation. Okay. I look forward to vacations and going to Paris like none other. So I am with you there. However, I know where I want to be by the end of this year. I also know where I want to be by the end of next year and in three years and in five years because I've sat down and taken the time to create those intentional plans. And most people, while they are off planning their vacations or their retirement, they're not making the plans that are going to actually help them get the things that they want. And so think about, like actually take the time to figure out what's the outcome you're hoping for and then what do you need to do to create that outcome? And where do you need to put yourself? Do you need to be in networking groups? Do you need to be hanging out with certain groups of people? Do you need to be podcasting or listening to, to more of Greg's podcast? Like where do you need to be in order to help you create that outcome and when? So like I, when I think, are you going to invest that time? I think the five-year plan is a really, really good thing. And I happen to be listening to, and you might know him, he's the philosopher from uh, Toronto, uh, speaking, uh, his name is, um, oh, oh God, Jordan Peterson. Um, yep. And so they were talking about today's world and, you know, we could address this a bit, just how crazy things are, the complexity that people deal with. And it is, it's very complex and we've got things changing and shifting all the time. And it went into this you know, how do people deal with that? Right. Um, and he says, well, you know, it's a lot about the diets and the, the, our, our, um, what do you call it? The, our gut biome and people are overweight today and they're doing too much sitting. And we got to all of those things. And I think it was fascinating to just listen to, um, what people are going through that they're not really talking about, right. They're just not talking about. I think getting it out, just talking about it is really a key thing. And you mentioned that our thoughts determine our actions and our actions determine our outcome. How would you recommend affirming to people today who maybe aren't having that positive thought for the day? Something to uplift them. We talked about it earlier, positive attitude, but it's actually more than a positive attitude. It's all those actions that you need to be taking to maintain the positive attitude? What would you tell them? 
Yeah. So like, and you mentioned the trash talk and the negative talk in your head before, and everyone has that. So first you need to realize like you're not the only one who sometimes may think bad thoughts about yourself. It's just human nature. It's who we are. But in order to be at your greatest success level, you need to figure out a way to negate those thoughts and dispel those limiting beliefs because otherwise they're going to keep you down. And so um, I was playing tennis Memorial weekend with my, my tennis coach and she was, just, oh man, she was really, really giving me a hard lesson, making me run tons of cardio. I had sort of her, you know, giving her some trash talk that she wasn't hard on me enough the day before. And she's like, Oh, you want me to bring it? I got this. And so <laughs> I set myself up for it, but it was so hard that I found myself saying in my head, I can't do this. And then I said it out loud, like, I, I can't. She's like, hit one more ball, hit one more ball. And I'm like, I can't. And then when I, the minute I said it out loud, I was like, wait a minute. I'm telling myself I can't. That means I'm not going to. Yes, I can. And I literally looked at her, I'm like, Tori, I can do this. And mind you, like, I am tripping in sweat. I am ready to fall on the ground I'm so tired and I hit the most perfect shot for the next five minutes when I thought I couldn't go anymore all because I changed my thinking in my head and so let's say you're on a diet and you start thinking to yourself well I can't I can't stick to this healthy way of eating because I am I'm the fat person I'm always the fat person well, if you're thinking you're the fat person, you're telling the universe and you're telling the world that that's who you are. So you mm -hmm. need to start by actually changing your thoughts. And that begins with your affirmations in the morning. And so actually start to write down, I'm skinny. And now you may not believe that you are, the, that you are skinny because you may look in the mirror and see someone who's fat. And so then you may need to qualify that by things that will get you there, that will help you believe it. But you need to get to a place where you're writing down affirming beliefs that are positive beliefs that then can change your action. So I always know, remember, I'm a healthy, I always oh, remember um, Tony Robbins talking about this, you know, uh, he was big in NLP and he lives very close to me and we've, I've been to many of his workshops and we've talked, but if you remember him, he used to, be neurolinguistic programming and he used to take a rubber band on his wrist and he if if you know his story he was like 280 pounds broke and living up in los angeles in a crappy apartment and you know he got into this nlp and he said his reminder about that was that he would take the rubber band and snap it on his wrist or if you ever saw him beating on his chest right he would take his fist and he'd hit himself because neurologically, you needed that reminder to tell yourself. So the body is getting almost kind of shocked by the rubber band or the hitting on the chest or whatever. And sometimes I think that physically, when you're saying, hey, I'm out at tennis, it's like you take your hand and you just either tap yourself or hit your on the chest and say, I can do this. I can, yeah. I can do this, right? Because yeah. the body responds. And I think it is, there is a combination between, um, people that do extraordinary things and how they accomplish them and how they continue to continue to accomplish them. You know, what are the techniques that they're doing uh, to be, to stay in the flow, right? 
And you're big on talking, taking time to think about your thinking, right? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you have so, to. So how do you recommend maximizing our effectiveness regarding thinking? Because, you look, most people that are listening, uh, I could say, don't take the time to think about their thinking, okay? <laughs> they just don't. Thinking is kind of automatic. And you write in the book about thinking about your thinking. All right. So what do you do when you think about your thinking, Jen? Schedule time with yourself, like uninterrupted time. Make it as important as another meeting that you would never move on your calendar so that you can sit down, be in a mood, and think. And remember, it starts with that being positive so that you can have that flow of creativity. So Sometimes I'll meditate for 10 minutes before I start thinking, but, but that, that meditation allows my mind, I'm from New York. I have, you know, thought racing ideas all the time. And whether you're from there or not, I'm sure you do too. But, but in my mind, because I'm from New York, everything goes so fast. And so I need that meditation to really slow down, slow down my thinking, slow down my mind so that I can have those clear thoughts. Like, you know, people say, oh, I get my best thoughts in the shower. Well, that's because in the shower, it's like the one time where you're relaxed, you're uninterrupted, and you're just totally in the flow. And so now imagine if you had shower-like thought moments more often, where could that take your business? Where could that take your selling? Where could that take your career or your life if you're actually being more intentional about it? So I always recommend to schedule time with yourself to get into that flow state and really start thinking. And then the key is to write down your ideas because you'll forget them so quickly, so soon after if you don't begin to write them down. So true. And I recommend that in my book as well. Uh, I wrote a book called Hacking the Gap, A Journey from Intuition to Innovation and Beyond. And I talk about that a lot in the book. Um, I like it. You have six beliefs to unlock sales success. If you would share those beliefs with our listeners, especially the ones out there today who are in marketing or in sales and they want to unlock, you know, their own success. What are they? Yeah. So first you need to believe in yourself. Okay. So that, that trash talk, that negative self-talk, you need to get rid of that because you need to believe that you're the best person on the planet to help this customer. And if you don't believe that when you walk in with the customer or when you walk in to pitch your, your new marketing deck or whatever it is, they're going to see right through it if you don't believe in yourself. And why should they believe in you? if you don't believe in yourself. So that to me is the most important and the biggest one that you can take time out in your day to actually have like personal growth and personal development around. But then also you need to believe in your products and services. You need to believe in your company. You need that they're the best, that your products and services are the best, that your company is the best. You need to believe that you can help the customer the best. And you need to believe that the customer is better off having worked with you. Um, If you don't believe that, then you're not going to be able to transfer that message. And, you know, I always, I I used to sell Cutco knives when I was um, in high school. And to this day, I will tell you, they are the best knives on the planet. 
Okay, so this is decades later, multiple decades later, and I still have that belief in my mind because I I believed it, right? And I still believe it. And if I didn't believe it, I could not have been one of their top salespeople as a high school kid who had never had any sales experience prior to that. Yeah, Cutco, you know, it's interesting. My son sold it and we have a bunch of it as well. And I, I got to say that I have the belief too, right? Now you see the Cutco people in Costco, which is pretty interesting because Cutco used to be for high school students walking around saying, hey, I'm earning extra money and just like you were. Um, yeah. And the other day, I'm going to say it wasn't the other day, but it was four or five months ago. I actually took a pair of their shears and sent it back because it broke the lifetime guarantee. They honored it and sent me back a new pair of shears. I don't know how many people actually do that, but you know what? That's what they attest to. And they do a great job of teaching their salespeople. Now you have some great advice in enhancing productivity in the workplace. Um, you talk about having a clean environment, an organized environment, a great place to work. And I know that a lot of people have a challenge with this. What advice do you have for helping people get their workplaces clean, organized, <laughs> and in an orderly manner? Make it a place that you want to work in. Like, look around at your office. Look around at your desk. Is it clean? Is it stuffy? Or do you have papers flowing everywhere? Is it disorganized? Because if it feels disorganized, you're going to feel disorganized. Do you have greenery? Greenery makes you feel more calm. Do you have a window? Do you have natural light? I think that's super important to be able to have natural light throughout the day. Or else you feel like you're working in a dungeon. So, you know, your work environment is so important. I joined this co-working space called Primary in New York City, and they're all about um, creating, you know, a, a great work environment because that's going to create a great life environment. And you walk in, and it's just serene with all the greenery. And um, one of the things I love about co-working is that if you don't have an office and you just have one of those shared desks, the desk is always clean. Like there's never anything on it. There's no clutter cluttering up your mind. You literally show up to a clean space. And so if you have an office that you go to all the time, like you can look at my desk here. I have my own office and um, my desk is always clear because I don't want the clutter. And then I face things that inspire me. I think it's so important that when you look up from whatever it is you're doing, that you have these moments of inspiration throughout. It is important. And I work out of a co-work space myself. And I know the, the sense that you're saying, but also the camaraderie inside of oh, a co-work yeah. space with the people is really, really very, very cool. And mine is called Union Cowork in Encinitas, and it is phenomenal space. Um, cool. What What are the five ways, we're going to wrap up our interview here, but you have five ways you recommend getting more sales leads. I'm sure that every salesperson out there is like, okay, guys, uh, what's the gem here in the interview? The five ways to help me get more leads. Is that going out networking more? Uh, if you would inform the listeners about the ways that you have found to get better, more qualified leads? Yeah. So first of all, don't rely on your marketing department or someone else to get you more leads. Because if you do that, you're always going to get pissed off that they're not getting you the leads that you want, the quality of leads that you want, the quantity of leads that you want. Just go out and get more leads. So where does that begin? Well, 
go network, go meet people, literally talk to everybody so that you can, um, uh, you never know who's going to know someone else that could be a potential customer. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, um, put yourself out there. Why are you creating some sort of value attraction message in your, you know, online so that people are actually coming to you in order to get more leads. Okay. Like attracting people through writing posts, creating like a podcast that people want to listen to, giving value out there so that people are calling you and you're not having to cold call all the time because that's not really fun, is it? Um, and it's really about taking responsibility for yourself and for your own actions and for, you know, just making those leads happen. Because if you, I worked with so many salespeople who um, would say so often, oh, I hate the leads that we get. They're never any good. They're not the right quality, whatever. And if you've heard yourself say that, well, then you're using that as an excuse. And rather than use that as an excuse, I want you to take responsibility and actually make those leads happen. And there's so many ways to do it. You can network online. You can network in person. You can create value attraction. But just start doing something. You can do Facebook Live videos to begin attracting people if you're going to be able to offer education or help. But just start doing things that are going to make people want to come to you and talk to you. Well, you have, like your grandpa said, if you need to learn it, you can get it out of a book and you've got a (laughs) must-read book list there. Uh, And I love it. How to win friends and influence people. How to stop worrying and start living. Think and grow rich. Green eggs and ham. There you go, Dr. Seuss. (laughs) Serious creativity. Good to great. Success through positive mental attitude. uh, Dollars flow to me easily and so on and rocket fuel. Uh, I would tell you that she's got a great list of reading there also at her website, which again, uh, you can get to salesinanyminute.com. You can go there. There are freebies as well that you can take advantage of. Uh, Each one of those in her blogs, uh, YouTube, um, the podcast show, of course, Sell or Die podcast. Um, with Jennifer and Jeffrey Gittimer. And most of you probably know Jeffrey from being on our podcast before. Um, They actually are a team. So you certainly can get more information there. So go to her website, check it out. Um, We will put links to there and Instagram and the social media to be able to connect with Jen. Um, She is available. She's even got her phone number up there. If you want to start a conversation with her, uh, let's get going. But check out the podcast, Sell or Die. It's on iTunes. It's on Overcast. It's on Stitcher, uh, all of those places, and you'll get some great insights from there. Jen, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes talking about your book, Sales in a New York Minute, um, 212, Pages of Real World and Easy to Implement Strategies to Make More Sales build loyal relationships and make more money. Uh, Any parting words for our listeners? My mom always told me, and she, lucky for me, she told me this right before the holidays when I was young, but she said, if you don't ask, you don't get. So make sure you're asking for what you want.
that is probably the best axiom that anyone could live by. So <laughs> with that, we'll leave that with our listeners. Make sure you ask, make sure you plan, set your intentions, take time for yourself, have a clean desk, uh, focus on things of beauty, take time for yourself, meaning do a walk, exercise, meditate, um, and think about your thinking. Those are all great advice from Jen today on our podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. This podcast is brought to you by Maury Zelkovich, the founder of The Maury Method. Please listen to podcast number 720, where Maury and Greg speak about the benefits of brainwave entrainment. Maury is the founder of The Maury Method, in which he has developed specially designed audio recordings that will assist users with issues of depression, confidence, abundance, and many other elements of our lives that we would like to improve and or eliminate. Please listen to podcast number 720, where in this informative and fascinating interview with Maury Zelkovich, the founder of The Maury Method, you will learn how to resolve your issues with brainwave entrainment. For more information about Maury's products and services, please visit www.themorrymethod.com. Thanks for listening.